Welcome in, welcome in to Face to Face Sports, coming at you live from the Glothlin Center of the Arts here at Emory and Henry. This is WEHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove, and I'm excited to bring you this now eighth edition of Face to Face Sports, a show which discusses all the latest sports news, both nationally and locally. Tonight is a special edition. Emory head basketball coach Ben Thompson is in the studio with us. Coach Thompson has coached the program now for three years. He's been here since two. 2019. Before coming to Emory, he was the head coach at SUNY Canton up there in New York, where he left as the fourth winningest coach in their program's history. He is also a graduate of Virginia Tech and was an assistant there a decade ago. So without further ado, welcome into Face to Face, Coach Thompson. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, we are we are so happy to have you in here. Um, now the second straight week we've had a, a coach interview. Um, last week we had Coach Newsom uh, talk a little football, and now I thought we'd, we'd talk a little basketball. Um, let's open up, uh, for the people who don't know, let's talk about some of your background Uh what was your coaching history prior to taking the position here at Emory and Henry? Yeah, uh, so I started my career uh, kind of working the camp circuit when I was in college uh, at Virginia Tech, and then got on staff there as a student assistant. Was able to kind of work with Coach Greenberg and some others that were there. Ryan Odom was another one, and uh, John Richardson, uh, Stacy Autry, James Johnson were were some of the guys that we had on staff there. Brad Greenberg. Uh, and so from there, um, I spent time uh, at a few Division ones. I was at Virginia Tech, obviously, UNC Greensboro, uh, VMI as the recruiting coordinator. Uh, Division twos, I was at UNC Pembroke, St. Leo, excuse me, St. Leo in Florida, Lincoln Memorial in Tennessee, who's now going to be a big rival as we go into the sack, and then um, upstate New York at SUNY Canton, and then now back to back to Emory and Henry, which is uh, my home area. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it was funny. You know, so we had a Virginia Tech guy last year. Uh, um, coach last week was, you know, was obviously the offensive line coach. You know, for a long time under Frank Beamer. And I asked him. I said, "Tell me about, you know, Frank Beamer on game days. How was he?" So for you, I got to ask you, Seth Greenberg on game days. What's <laughs> what's he like? Is he up? Is he down? What's what's going he, on? With coach Coach Greenberg is always up. He is always up. Uh, very animated. Uh, but there, uh, there was not much downtime with Coach Greenberg. He was always on the go. Yeah, I, I've, I remember seeing games. I told you before the show. I remember seeing games when I was younger, and he was there. Um, and I've, I've really, really enjoyed seeing his career progress. You know, seeing him on television. He's, he's done great. But um, another thing I would ask you before we get into Emory, could you talk about summer of 2018? The experience was like down there in Brazil with the uh, Division Three national team. Yeah, it was a cool experience. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, as a coach, you always want to coach at the highest level. And, um, you know, that can be, you know, what you perceive to be a, a high level. For some people, a highest level is, you know, high school. That's as high as they want to go. For some people, it's, you know, Division two. some it's Division one. some it's the NBA or whatever. But I've always had a, uh, a goal of coaching – uh, a United States team. That's something that I always wanted to do to to coach a team in international play, and I got to do that. And uh, so we took a bunch of kids, nine kids uh, from different D three schools throughout the country, went down to Brazil and um, set a the guys uh, it was way more of them than me, but set a record for scoring in that. And we went five five and zero, oh, I think, which had never been done before uh, against kind of 
you know, some uh, there was one team that was a little that was our age and younger, but all the other teams, most of them were were pros or semi pros, and you know, kind of how we had the G League here in the states. Um, it was interesting. We got to go to one of the former Olympic arenas from when the Olympics was down there uh, and play kind of like their version of the G League All-Stars and, you know, beat them. And nobody thought we were going to be able to do it. And it was it was a neat atmosphere. And I, we got up uh, 20 pretty quick. And so it went from a pretty raucous arena to, to pretty empty within about 12 minutes. And so it's just kind of a neat thing to watch a bunch of 19- and 20-year-old kids, you know, go out and – uh, outplay a bunch of pros. And then we got to go to Sugarloaf Mountain and got to see the Christ statue and uh, got to go to Copacabana and uh, just traveling like that internationally and, and being able to do it with my father, uh, who went on the trip with me as an assistant, um, was, was a special thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was the same year as the the World Cup, too, was it not? It may have been. Yeah, so a lot of the fans were probably... <laughs> yeah, I saw that you guys were were beating teams by an average of like 33 points. Some of yeah. you guys dominated down yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we took a bunch of 19- and 20-year-old kids, and in a short time, they kind of bought into a system that we had to put in pretty quickly. We actually congregated in Orlando. All of us went down to Orlando, and then uh, we flew from from Orlando down to, to Brazil and coach Leo and, and coach Ron, um, helped us do that and kind of facilitated the trip. And, um, it was just a great experience overall. And there are tryouts for that or is that, is there, or do you guys handpick? No. So, uh, so coach Ron kind of serves as like the GM for the team and coordinates travel and all that stuff. And he gets to, he picks the team. Uh, and so I didn't have any say in the team, but you know, I don't know that I could have picked a better one. They, uh, they gelled pretty quickly and we all kind of fit together. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that we had any, you know, great, great players. Um, but a couple guys ended up being pros and they just played really well together pretty quickly. It was one of the most uh, unique things I've seen in basketball. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your your first year here was the uh, 2019-20 season, season, excuse me. Um, You guys go to the ODAC tournament. You can be honest with me. Did you expect to have that level of success your first year here? Uh, You know, um, when I got here, the roster was kind of decimated. We lost a lot. Um, Only really returned uh, one starter. Um, And so... Uh, you know, when I first got here, I thought we had a chance to be really good, but then we got kind of decimated with uh, uh, some guys leaving and, and some injuries. And so it started off really rough, uh, but I think we won four or five of our last games. Um, you know, we beat Virginia Wesleyan, who was top 10, top 15 in the country in double overtime. And um, we had, um, you know, at the time it was probably COVID. We didn't test for that at the time because uh, it hadn't really – come over yet I think we're at one point we're down to six healthy bodies in February and the guys just kind of came together backs against the wall we had to win I think four straight or something like that to get in the conference tournament and they did it um you know we went to Ferrum a place where three weeks prior to that we were down 40 I think and um in the conference tournament we were up you know same team same location we were up one with a minute to go and so they just our, our guys just really kind of gelled together, backs against the wall, and, um, you know, I wish we'd had a little bit more success and, you know, made it to Salem and, and had a few more wins that year. But, um, you know, I couldn't have been prouder for how the guys 
just fought so much adversity with guys, you know, kind of leaving the program and the transition and then injuries. And then at the time we thought it was the flu, maybe COVID, you know, I don't know, but, um, you know, having six healthy bodies and coaches practice and, uh, it was just kind of a, a unique thing that we just kind of battled through. And, and I thought our guys were really resilient. Now I understand you're from the area, correct? Yes. Lebanon, so, Virginia. Okay. So, uh, when you were up in New York, Coach, yeah. had, had you been eyeing an opportunity to come back to Southwest Virginia or even Virginia in general, a little, yeah. little state? Yeah, I'd never lived north of Lexington, Virginia okay. when I was at VMI. I'd gone south, uh, you know, all the way down to, to Tampa, Florida. Um, but actually, Coach Wilson, uh, who was the coach prior to me, uh, sent me a text one day randomly. He's like, hey, can I give you a call? And I said, yeah. So he called and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving uh, but I think you'd be a great fit here. You're from the area. And, you know, he, um, you know, I'd known him for a long time. I think he was, you know, pleased with some of the stuff that he'd seen from afar. And um, so Coach Crutchfield called me and uh, asked me to apply and went through the process and it ended up working out. Um, yeah, obviously, I'm here. And so it worked out. And so Coach Crutchfield hired me. And, um, you know, it's been great. And the support of Dr. Wells uh, has been awesome. Um, you know, and so, yeah, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was looking here specifically. Um, I was dating someone at the time, long distance. And so that was challenging. She was in Wilmington, North Carolina. She's now my wife. Um, and so to get back closer to my family and her family, you know, and, you know, conveniently it ends up being the school that I had my first basketball camp at and used to come to summer camps here. And, uh, so it's, it's home for us. And, um, uh, the, the Lord ended up working it out and it's been a great fit. Now let's talk about, um, players for a second in terms of recruiting. Yep. What do you personally look for in a, in a, in a prospect? A lot of things, um, you know, grit, resiliency, toughness. Those are all things, uh, that you try to figure out. Sometimes it's hard, you know, uh, they have to, you know, some guys get enamored with athleticism and, and those things are important uh, for us, um, you know, as we've made this move to Division Two. obviously skill set, uh, athleticism, length are all things that are important, but we also have to find the right guys that fit our culture. And so for me, you know, there's really talented players out there. There's talented players that we've passed on. Um, for me, I don't want to compromise the culture of our team, of our program. And I think we've gotten it to a really good spot. Uh, and so one of the things that I really like to do is when I go visit, excuse me, visit kids high school or watch them play, uh, I really like to talk to the janitor. It's one of my favorite people to talk to. Um, a lot of times kids can fool coaches, ADs, principals, mm -hmm. uh, but the janitors know who they really are. Uh, and so, Janitors, custodians, cafeteria workers, um, those people to me are the best source of knowledge to figure out who a kid really is uh, and the character that they have. And so for us, you know, all those things are great as far as athleticism and skill set and grit and toughness and all those things. But the character piece is not something that I'm willing to waver on. And so uh, for us, that's the biggest thing that we look for. And in terms of character, what I'm sure you bring a lot of off the court expectations. What are some of those expectations your players have to meet? Yeah, you know, we, we try to get out in the community. We do at least one community service event uh, every month uh, during the year. Um, you know, we do the camps and clinics, um, you know, j and just guys conducting themselves, you know, the, the way that they should. Kind of the, the way that I explain it to our guys, 
uh, and to recruits, they've all heard this. Um, you know, my, my wife is around our program a lot and, uh, my son is now two years old and we actually have a, a daughter that <laughs> just turned four months today. So we got two under two. So it's crazy household with the Thompsons right now. But, um, you know, I would love to think that at the end of the game, my son, who's two years old, uh, is going to run up to me. But the reality is, is he's probably going to run up to his favorite player and they're going to lift him up and let him touch the rim and the net and all that stuff and take him away to the locker room and stuff. And so our guys know this, but, um, I want guys in our program that I don't have to worry what they're teaching my kid in the locker room. We want gentlemen student-athletes. Uh, and so we can go out and win a bunch of conference championships, national championships, but if we don't do it the right way with the right kids, and we've not really accomplished anything. And so uh, how our guys conduct themselves on campus, in the community, um, is big for us. It's really important. Mm-hmm. You and I were kind of talking um, before the show about this. A basketball coach's schedule is a little bit more hectic than, say, a football coach. Football coach's schedule, you get one game, right? You get one game over the weekend, and you have a week to prepare. And that's tough, too. But for a basketball schedule, you might play, you were saying, two or three games during the week, sometimes maybe four. And some of those games might be on the road, so you might have to travel, and others might be at home. So for you personally and your coaching staff, what is a, what is a typical schedule look like during the week, during the basketball season? Yeah, once we get into conference play, it kind of, you can kind of get in a rhythm because conference games are Wednesday, Saturday. So when that happens, you know, Sunday you're off. Uh, We do things a little bit differently. Um, You know, a lot of people go heavy on the first day and then taper down and then you play. We're a little bit different. And so Sundays are off. Mondays are lighter practices with weights. Um, as long as we're at, you know, a full roster. I mean, if we've got a bunch of injuries, we have to change. But uh, Mondays are normally film and, and weights and a little bit lighter. Tuesday's heavier. So instead of, um, you know, going really hard on day one, um, you know, because Sunday for us is kind of day seven. But day one, we kind of go lighter and build up where Tuesday's heavier and day three is a game day. Um you know, a lot of people will go really hard on Monday and Thursday, taper down on Tuesday, and then try to ramp back up. And to me, I just think that there's too much inconsistencies in that. And so when you get into conference play, you kind of get in a rhythm. But, uh, you know, non-conference play, I think at some point during the season, we play on every day of the week, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like you mentioned, some some weeks there's three games, some weeks there's two, some there's four, some there's one. Uh, and so it's it's in, in those moments you really got to try to have the pulse of your team, uh, you know, on how hard you got to push them or, or taper off. And thankfully, we've got a really good culture right now, where our kids, uh, I think for the most part, are pretty honest for what they need. And so I'll talk to our captains or kind of our elder guys and be like, hey, you know, like what are you guys thinking? You know, does today need to be a lot of reps or a lot of prep or a lot of film or uh, you know a lot of stretching or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and so. Uh, we lean on them quite a bit, um, and then we try to, to gauge the pulse sometimes ourselves as well. And so, you know, that's kind of how we do it, not that it's right, um, but uh, that's just kind of the best method that I've seen over the years to try to to prep for those things. And uh, when will you guys be – I know the season starts in November, correct? When will you guys start, does. start practicing? Yeah, so we can start – now that we're Division two. we can start workouts the fourth day of classes. So okay. – 
uh, you know, classes start on August 15th. Um, you know, our varsity, we're actually starting a developmental team this year too. Um, which we're still working on some of that stuff, some of the details for that, but our varsity will start, uh, workouts on August the 18th. Um, and you know, we'll go through, you know, the week before exams finish. So it's, it's a long season. It's a grind. Um, you know, guys that like basketball don't, don't last normally guys that love it do. Uh, and so it's just different with the, the move to division two. It's, 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 you know, ramped up at a completely different level, especially with us going into the SAC, which is like the ACC of division two. Um, you know, I, I tell anybody that will listen, cause I've been in the league before. It's really a division one conference that masquerades itself at the division two level. And so we're going to have to be as good as, or better than a lot of division one teams to be any good in the SAC. And so, um, you know, we can't have a division three mindset or model, uh, any longer. And and that kind of leads me in. You know, everyone in the area has heard you know about Emory transitioning and things like that. So, what does that transition to D two look like for you guys? And also, how does the um, how do the scholarships work now uh, for the basketball program? Yeah. So what it looks like for us is we have a lot more access to our team, which is better for culture and, and player relationships and development. Uh, we're able to be around our guys a lot more. We're able to start earlier. We're able to be a little bit more complicated offensively and defensively because you get, you know, a, a further start. Um, you know, this year with Division II, uh, most of our guys decided to come back and do summer school and uh, work out on their own and, and do strength and conditioning, you know, and I think that's going to pay dividends for us later on. Um, the travel is a lot less. Uh, so, like in the ODAC, the closest school to us was Roanoke. That's at hour 45, right? And so within our division, almost every school, with the exception of LMU uh, and Limestone, are, and LMU is like two hours. Uh, Limestone's two and a half. But all of them, I mean, Wise is an hour, Tusculum's an hour, Carson Newman's an hour and a half, Mars Hill's an hour and a half. I mean, those are much closer road trips. Um, you know, not to mention once you got past Roanoke, everybody else was two and a half hours to six hours. Well, now the furthest trip in the sack is Coker, which is four, four and a half, and you only have to do it every other year because you rotate the other sides. You play everybody on your division twice, everybody on the other side only once. And so it limits our travel. Uh, the scholarship piece, um, you know, we're able to supplement uh, some of the academic and financial aid that students get uh, to kind of help them there. And so um, it's been a great move, I think, for the school. Uh, and it's, it's definitely been great for the department and, and for our program. Um, let's talk about the, that schedule a little bit. You, you, you've been in this conference before, so you know who you're going to mm-hmm. play and everything. And you can be honest with me. Yeah. Who are you, who are you circling on the calendar? Who are some teams <laughs> you're paying extra attention to? I'd be lying if I didn't say LMU. Uh, just because I coached there before, and I still have a lot of friends there, a lot of people there. Uh, you know, they've been kind of king of the conference for a long time. So I'd be lying if I didn't tell you them. Uh, you know, uh, I think Wise, you know, the proximity will be a big rival for us. I've known Coach Mellinger for a long time. His grandfather used to be the coach here uh, years ago. Um, so, you know, those two I think will be big for us. Uh, I, I know almost every coach, head coach in that league, uh, you know, I've known them for years. Uh, so it's just, it's a tough league. There's no nights off. You know, and when I tell people it's like the ACC, it's hard for people to comprehend until they see how good it is. Um, 
you know, I'm not going to name names, but the year that I was at Lincoln Memorial, we, uh, at LMU, we lost in a national championship, um, and had a great team. We had nine guys on that team go play professional basketball. Um, and early in that season, we went and we scrimmaged a division one team. I won't name who in Kentucky, uh, that finished second in their league and lost in the finals of the CIT. They won like 26 or 27 games that year. Uh, and at one point in the scrimmage, we were up 30 points. Division two, LMU, mm-hmm. up 30 points over a Division one, you know, 26, 27 winning game mm-hmm. team um, with, you know, 12 minutes to go in the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And we just played it like a regular game. And so, um, you know, I think we ended up winning about 20 something. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't think people understand how high the level is. The team that we lost to in the national championship, Augustana, they beat Iowa that year. Iowa went to the Sweet 16, you know, and so it is a high level of basketball. Um, and so we're going to have to strap up and, and be ready every night. And obviously, I'm. Your players, you know, you coach your players hard, and I know they work hard for you, but because of the move from D3 to D2, do you see them having a little bit more, you know, attention to detail this upcoming year because because of the move up? I think so. Um, you know, a lot of our guys have put in a lot of work. Um, excuse me, I know the, the freshmen coming in, they, they don't really know what they're getting ready to get into. Sure. Only the returners do. Uh, and even most of the returners don't really know because we didn't play a full sack schedule last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen just more of, of I don't know that details the word, but just more of an intentionality to to be better. Um, you know, guys are you know even uh, last year in and out of the office all the time, just asking questions and uh, you know wanting to watch film or or whatever the case may be. Um, you know. Every year now we'll play two or three Division ones, uh, and so that's another thing that's got them excited. Um, but the opportunity to compete at a at an extremely high level um, is one that you know, for the most part, every high school player you know covets. And so one of the interesting things is I think you've also seen, or we've also seen, kind of the guys that really love the game versus the guys that like the game. Uh, and so it's it's kind of neat to see that differentiator um throughout the the years uh you know in division three and the odak was a great level um but this thing is a whole whole nother deal um and i'm glad that we're kind of getting back to our original roots from the smoky mountain conference with you know some of those members because a lot of those members are now members of the sac so even before uh well a lot of our opponents and league members predate you know, the ODAC. So we're kind of returning to some regional rivalries, which I like. Mm-hmm. Could you um, could you take maybe a minute to introduce or, you know, for the guys who have been there, reintroduce, I guess you could say, some of the players in your team and, you know, who's looking to have some, some big seasons this year, do you think? Yeah. So um, Patrick Antonelli's back. He's a redshirt sophomore for us. Um, Tyler Arnold is back. He didn't play much last year. He had some um, some different things going on that kind of prevented him from doing so. So he's a super senior for us, fifth year senior. Micah Banks is back. He's a super senior for us as well. Uh, Gabe Brown's a sophomore. Uh, Jalen Left, which is a sophomore. Cade Looney's a sophomore. Those three guys started for us uh, as freshmen. 
Um, you know, Patrick started at times. Micah started at times. Tyler started at times. Uh, Jacob Morgan at one point last year was, I think, the best shooter in the country. Uh, he's back as a sophomore. Malcolm Morgan has been a three-year captain for us. He's back as a redshirt junior. Um, Jake Moynihan's from Indiana, led the entire state of Indiana in rebounding and brought us a, a toughness and a rebounding edge last year. So he's back as a sophomore. Uh, Kevin Rodriguez is a redshirt junior uh, who's a scoring guard that, if he's listening, uh, is a really good passer and rebounder, too. I don't know if you're listening, <laughs> Kev. Uh, but he can really score, but he can do some some of those other things as well. Jake Thacker's hometown hero that we were talking about uh, before. Russ Wells, um, you know, joined us from Smithfield. He was on the team last year and, you know, is, is continuously getting better. And, and um, he's back as a, as a sophomore. He's just kind of a 6'6 kid that can play inside and outside. And then we've got some new guys, um, Jacob Dar originally from the Sudan, uh, but he's from Nebraska, 6'7 wing. He actually had a Division One offer and decided to come here as well. Christian Drummer is a 6'4 guard from, uh, from uh, Georgia near the Atlanta area. Uh, he's I think he won Defensive Player of the Year in Georgia for three times, um, sophomore, junior, and senior season. Uh, Marshall Klug is a 6'9 kid from Greensboro, uh, super skilled. Um, so he he's coming in, and then Bradley Wolf is a six ten forward uh, from Wilmington area. So um, you know we didn't we didn't lose a ton from last year's team, which is nice. We we kind of have most of our core back. We lost Dylan Catron, which which hurts, and and Corey Keene, which hurts. Both kind of local guys that just kind of decided to to you know kind of move forward more with the academics and, and less with basketball. And so we'll miss those guys, but. Um, you know the rest of our core is is back, and so you know I think we have a chance chance to do something special. Hopefully, how many you you were talking earlier about guys are are here over the summer, and mm-hmm. how many of them are here? All um, of them. This summer? All really? Yeah, all of them decided to come back. Summer now, classes and things like that. Yeah, uh, and so they've been able to work with a strength and conditioning coach and do workouts on their own. Now some of them are in and out because they have different vacation times and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, I was really pleased and impressed that they that they all decided to come back and and uh, you know it's great that they get to sp- spend time together in June and July, you know especially integrating the new guys than doing it you know the second or third week of August. I think it just helps our team chemistry and culture, and so I'm glad that that those guys decided to do that. Mm-hmm. We've got around three minutes left in the show. I want to ask you one more question. You know, you've been coaching a while now. What would you say as a coach gives you the biggest gratification? For me, it's watching a kid at a starting point and then watching like what they become. You know, some kids come in more confident than others. Um, but w- where a kid starts from and kind of that growth and that path, each kid has a different journey. Uh, you know, and, and experiencing something not only individually but but together is what, to me makes things so special and what makes college athletics so much different uh, to me than anything else. Uh, you know, when they come together and, and, you know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, not just basketball wise, but as a person, you know, academically, we've got guys, you know, that really struggled in high school academically and, and never thought that they'd be able to get a degree from a high academic institution. You know, some of those guys are going to graduate with honors, you know, or kids, you know, who dreamed about being college basketball players but kind of got under-recruited or whatever and never dreamed that they'd be playing on ESPN+. Plus. 
um, you know, or traveling to Puerto Rico like we are this year or last year, you know, playing in the Barclays Center where the Brooklyn Nets play, you know. Um, not every kid gets to play in an NBA arena. Not every kid gets to travel to a, you know, I know Puerto Rico's, you know, part of the United States, but not everybody gets to fly to an island and compete. And so uh, watching them do those things together, watching them grow as young men, and then watching them grow together as a team uh, is, is to me the most gratifying piece. Coach Thompson, can't thank you enough for, for being here tonight. We obviously look forward to the, the season coming up, and uh, best of luck to you, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the eighth edition of Face to Face Sports, so I appreciate you listening as always. Um, keep watching some sports out there and, and stay tuned with us. This is going to be a weekly thing as it always has been every Monday at 6.30. So I'll see you guys next week. Until then, keep watching some sports and stay safe out there.